This is Rob Hayworth, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Fulham Focus Podcast. My name's Matt Boisclair, and as fans return to Craven Cottage in their thousands at lunchtime today, a debut goal from Harry Wilson wasn't quite enough to see off Middlesbrough as a 77th-minute equaliser from Mark Bowler and the visitors a share of the spells in West London. We've got all angles covered for you as we discuss the fallout. Yours truly was in H4 as per usual. Matt Wigo Wiggins was in the Johnny Haynes stand and Baldo was in the putty end. So let's see what everyone made of it. Wilson's won, Warlock's witchcraft. Let's go. Fulham. All right, boys. Well, there were a few surprises in Marco Silva's first league lineup of the season, I guess, as expected. Uh, there was no Anthony Knockup or Andre Frank Zambo and Gisa in the squad at all. There were league debuts for Paolo Gazaniga and Harry Wilson. Nisans Cabano was preferred over even Caviero, and Josh Onoma was back in the side alongside Fabio Carvalho and Tyrese Francois in midfield. Wigo, come to you first, mate. What were your thoughts on Marco Silva's first lineup? Um, well, I thought it was good that he was giving youth a chance, you know, Frenchie. It's always good to see the Academy products coming through and getting their chance in the first team. I don't think they disappointed really. Thought Carvalho had a solid game, certainly the first half. Francois as well looks decent. I think he just needs to build up his experience. Um, Wilson, obviously, fantastic debut. Got the goal, which is what we needed and uh, gave us a lead. Obviously, unfortunately, it was to no avail. But it is what it is. It was a brilliant debut from him. Always looking to get on the ball. It looks like a perfect signing for us. Gazaniga made me a little bit nervous, to be honest, at points. But, um, you know, solid debut. I don't really think he had a save to make other than picking the ball out of the net. So, not a lot you can do, unfortunately. It's a difficult one for Gazaniga, really, isn't it? Because uh, Marek Rodak is a fan's favourite and he obviously missed all of last season because we just had a better goalkeeper in, in the squad in Alphonse Ariola. But I kind of expected him to, to be back involved this season. Um, but but I know what you mean. It's it's. I, this was the problem I always used to have with Sergio Rico. When he came for a cross, he just flapped it and punched it up in the air. There was a bit of that going on today at times when I thought it would just be easy for, for him to come and catch it. Um, I agree with you about Harry Wilson. I thought it was an excellent debut. Um, looking to get on the ball, get balls into the box and not afraid, afraid to take players on and, and have a shot as well, which is something that we really lacked from midfield last season. And yeah, with, with the likes of Francois, he's going to be a squad player, isn't he? That, that spot is Harrison Reed's when Harrison Reed is fit. But if you can use a player like that quite sparingly and introduce him off of the bench, then in a season or two's time, then, you know, he, he could be a regular. And Carvalho, again, another solid game for me. And Baldo, what were your thoughts? I, th- I think for the most part, I was happy with the lineup. You know, the Rodak issue aside, because, you know, I felt that, you know, with, again, fans' favourite sort of thing, and because he did so well in the Championship last time out, I felt that he would be the goalkeeper this time around. But I said when Gazaniga signed, that whatever he is, I think we've got the best in the in the in the division. If he's going to be our number one, I think he's the best goalkeeper in the championship. If he's going to be our backup, I think we have the best backup in the in the championship. Effectively, one two goalkeepers in the championship. So whichever way 
I'm fine with it. And the overall team selection, I was fine with. It is somewhat tempered by the fact that even though this is the first competitive game of the season, it probably isn't what the main starting eleven is going to be going yeah. on throughout the season. We don't know what the situation is with Zambar and Gisa, whether or not he's on the move. Harrison Reed, we expect to be back at some stage. Tom Kearney, we expect to be back at some stage, though we've been saying that for about 18 months. But this team isn't fixed yet. This isn't, there are still some tweaks to be made. So it's all tempered by the fact that, right, this is a good lineup, but don't get used to this being the starting 11 every week, like, you know. 2008-9, where we only where we named third an unchanged side 30 times or whatever. This is going to go through some changes before the end of the window, so let's not jump to any conclusions just yet. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair, and also Anthony Knockart as well. I kind of expected to see you know you and I went to the uh, went to the Charleston game last week, and he played that, and he's been playing quite a bit in preseason, and I, I expected him to be involved at least in the squad. Um, interesting to see uh, Jean-Michel Serry on the bench as well. I think. I know, you know, he's a, he's an easy target for people to slag off, isn't he? Because he's done absolutely nothing for Fulham so far, and he costs us an absolute fortune. But you get a, a fit and performing Seri in the Championship, and it could be incredible. Um, I don't know whether he'll stay. Same with Anguissa. I, I think that he may he may have a knock. I don't know if um, if Marco Silva said anything about it at all today. Um, but if he hasn't, then you'd expect that he's probably going to be on the move, and um, the, the club want to sell him. Um, so yeah, it, it was an interesting lineup, and it's a starting point. At least now, when we're when we're talking about lineup predictions in in future games, we've got something to go on. We've got somewhere to start. Um, the players came out to a brilliant atmosphere. Uh, the focus of the fan songs were focusing on Lewis Boamorte, which was great to hear. Baldo, what did you think of the atmosphere for the first game back? How was it in the Putney end? I think it was. I think it was pretty good. You know, made very well by by the travelling Middlesbrough fans. So you know, you know, the atmosphere of this whole weekend, mainly on social media, has been oh, away days are back sort of thing. So I think yeah. most away fans are going to have a, are going to have a pretty good weekend this season, as I'm sure it will be next weekend. But this weekend has certainly been a bit of a. It, it's it's been a good one because I, in my job, you know, all through last season was reporting. Um, at games in empty grounds, and you know, it was a whole lot different. And then, even going through like last week, no, no, even going back to last season, you know, with the Newcastle game, yes, fans were back, but it was only 4,000 or so, it's not quite the same. And last week with the Charlton, yes, fans were back in a in a bigger way, but it was a friendly, you know, half the putt in the end was empty for the Charlton fans, so it's not quite there. But then, you know, when I went to Gillingham yesterday to report, and when I went to Fulham today. There's just something that a little bit extra. There's something just a little bit different. Like it, it felt like back to normal in a way. Like the fact that we were all, you know, Borough fans in particular, slaughtering the referee all game, which he probably did deserve. I didn't think the ref had a good performance there. It was good to be back to some level of normality on that sense in, in terms of the atmosphere. I thought it was fantastic. Just saw on Sky Sports, actually, the referee as he was coming out of the uh, of the cottage um, at the start of the game. He's blown a kiss at the ball before he picked it up. Plonker. Um, yeah, the, the atmosphere for, for the Hammersmith end was, was really good as well. And it was good to see everybody as well. You know, I I'm, I don't have the, the numbers of the, the guys who sit either side of me. So the only time I ever speak to them is when I'm sat in the, uh, in the ground. So I didn't know if they were, um, you know, if, if they were going to still be there, uh, whether or not they renewed their tickets. Um, sat down and um, the bloke to my left called me Mike. So 18 months, he's, he's forgotten my name. 
Um, and the, the old boy who sits the other side of me, I, I had a joke with him and said, I wasn't sure if, uh, if the pandemic was going to have seen you off, mate. He's like, oh, thanks very much. <laughs> so it's, it's good, though. It's good, it's good to have that banter back. And, and I don't mind admitting that at times, just at points in the game when, you know, fans were singing, making a load of noise, then the, the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up. You know, it just felt really good to be back. Um, and typically with a Fulham home game, the atmosphere dropped in the first half when everyone got a bit bored of the fact that we weren't creating enough chances. But that's part of the course, isn't it? Wigo, how was it for you in the in the Johnny Haynes? Yeah, kind of the same really, mate. It was just a sort of buzz to be back, really. For some people, it had been since Preston at home on the 29th of February last year. You know, it's a long old time to not go and watch your team. But it also felt like we'd never been away, if that made sense. That was my first time in the Johnny Haynes stand since the pandemic started. Um, so obviously, as you say, seeing old faces that you haven't seen for 18 months, really good to see. And yeah, it was just a buzz about being back, new season, new era under a new manager. It's just a general buzz about the place. And I'm really excited to see how this season goes with a bit of normality back. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's talk about the game and how it unfolded then. Uh, the first part that I remember is Anthony Robinson giving everyone a, a heart attack when under no pressure at all, he overhit a back pass, which Gazaniga did really well to kind of slide and clear with his foot when it was heading in the bottom corner. Robinson in over Joe Bryan at left back. Uh, how did you guys feel about that? Um, I, I thought Robinson did okay. He, he looked quite good going forwards, and I quite liked the way that he kind of drifted into the middle of the pitch at times and almost turned into an attacking midfielder. What were your thoughts, either of you? Um, yeah, I've, I again, I thought Robinson did okay. I think you know, me and you uh, talked to the talked to the Charlton game last week that we felt that Bryan should be starting over Robinson just because. Whilst they're both good players, I just think Brian offers us that just that little bit more, especially when it comes to going forward. Like, you know, the, the style of play that we've been calling out for is, you know, making sure that Mitrovic gets decent service. So that's really what we sort of need to be building the team around. And Robinson, when it comes to crossing, just isn't totally there. I think it's fair to say. So I would have liked to have seen Joe Brian play, but. Again, overall, I'm not going to slate Anthony Robinson for overall for a bad performance. You know, that one mistake aside, which could just be down to, you know, first competitive match nerves, you know, not quite totally comfortable with Gaz with Gazaniga or have, you know, his positioning and where it was. So I'm not going to be overly concerned, overly concerned about that. We go. The Joe Bryan, is Joe Bryan a better player than Anthony Robinson? Or are we a little bit rose-tinted spectacles with him because of the sentimentality of the goals against Brentford in the playoff final and because he seems like quite a nice, normal human being and we don't really know much about Anthony Robinson? Or is is Joe Bryan just a better player? I think it's tricky, really, because they've both got their certain qualities. You know, Robinson has got some unbelievable pace and if you want a fullback to be getting on the overlap, you want Anthony Robinson there. And the one thing I criticised him about last year was his final ball. His crossing wasn't good enough. But today he did put in a couple of decent crosses, which was really good to see. An overlapping fullback who can get some decent crosses in. Now, Brian can also make the runs forward, you know, with the Brentford game. 100 and whatever it was minute, running forward and scoring his second goal. But I, do you know what? I couldn't call about who's a better player. Because I think we've been saying Robinson is more athletic, pacier, brilliant. But Brian's technical ability is just a little bit better for me. But 
I can't call it, unfortunately. It's good competition. It's it's a good dilemma to have, I suppose, for the manager. But you know, he's he's obviously gone with with Anthony Robinson to start with, and Scott Parker preferred Anthony Robinson uh, last season as well. So let's see let's see how that one plays out. One man it was good to see back in the side though was Josh Onomer. He had a really good chance after good work from Harry Wilson, um, and then Harry Wilson hit a volley, which was well saved by by the Borough keeper. The first half I felt was mainly one way traffic. And it's nice to see Fulham attack after a season of turgid football, isn't it, Baldo? Nice to see us get forward and actually have a go at scoring. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we sort of expected with with the Marco Silva system. It's not totally, you know, all out balls out attack like like a Jurgen Klopp style of football, but it is certainly more attack based than what we were used to with Scott Parker. And I think we do some, you know, we've got the players, and I think there were times today when you when you saw, you know, even if it's just in you know normal style of play when it comes to attacking and counter attacking as well with huge amounts of pace i think it just showed yeah it's certainly going to be different from what it was going forward and and it was great to see you know it's not quite as i as i said the young club the enter, it's not overly entertaining but it is certainly a lot better than than we've been used to so that's really all we can ask for and Wigo, are, are you glad to see Josh Onoma back in the side? You know, this time last year he got an injury, so he missed out on the the, uh, the Premier League 25 for the first half of the season and then never really broke into the side in the second half of the season. But the, the second half, particularly of that championship season when we went up, he was outstanding for us. So we know he's a quality championship player. Do you, do you see him being in the side for the, the duration this season? Yeah, I really do think he offers us something. And I remember saying in the last podcast I was on about how Scott Parker managed to transform Onoma from a sort of very average player to someone who proved really crucial for us in the second half of that season. And for him to come back inside today, you know, he had a tough task. Francois' first professional start in the league for Fulham. You know, Onoma to play with him in a sort of more defensive role as well, a little bit further back. It was always going to be tricky for him. But I think he played really well. He was probably one of the best players on the pitch, really. He combined really well with Harry Wilson, which I thought was fantastic. And he really had that desire to get forward and that desire to make something happen when perhaps we weren't really showing that sort of spark at some point. He was always there combining, making little runs, finding the passes, especially there was one really good ball to Kenny Tetty in the second half, who was, you know, darting round on the overlaps, darting down the wings and getting the balls in the box. So I think Onoma can be crucial for us this season depending on where we play him. Because as an attacking midfielder, it's going to be tricky with Carvalho coming through, you know, Kearney potentially coming back. And then a bit further back, do I see him as a defensive player? Not really, no. So where do you fit him into that side is the only thing that I would question. But he's definitely got the potential there to be crucial for us, yeah. And you mentioned Kenny Tete there as well. How did you think he did? You know, obviously, (laughs) this is his first game in the Championship. He had a mixed season in the Premier League, but showed flashes of quality. I think he's potentially one of the best fullbacks, if not the best fullback in the division. Yeah, he showed shades of Ryan Fredericks, in my opinion. You know, Fredericks would be darting down the right wing on the overlap as soon as the winger had the ball. And Wilson always had that option, whether to cut inside on his left and go for goal, or Tetty was there on his right-hand side. And it was non-stop the whole game. I thought it was brilliant to see. And it shows... He does care because you can question a player's commitment. You know, he's been a Dutch international getting relegated in his first Premier League season. You question the commitment. Look at Anguissa. He went out on loan. 
Seri went out on loan when we last went down. But, you know, he did the job and he was one of the best players on the pitch as well. Non-stop running and some brilliant crosses into the box. But unfortunately, no one could meet them and get us another goal. Well, let's talk about the goal then. Baldo, I want to give you an opportunity here to come in on uh, Welsh international Harry Wilson scoring his first Fulham goal on his Fulham debut at the Putney end, right in front of where you were sat. Talk me through the goal and how you felt, mate. Yeah, it was brilliant. I was bang, I was bang in line with with the, with the goal itself. Yeah, it it's odd because it's Iron Robin syndrome, and I'm not making a direct comparison between the two. I just want to make that clear. But it is when he got the ball on that on that right-hand side of the penalty area, you knew exactly what he was going to do. It was just a case of, can he actually do it? You know, then he made a good run inside, opened up the space for himself and shot. And, you know, looking back on it, the goalkeeper probably should have done better. Like, it wasn't flying into the top corner or into the bottom corner. It was pretty, you know, in the middle of the goal. But just overall, just... I've let's just say this this word this will be a um, a behind the scenes moment when it comes to when it comes to listen. I've made some very outlandish predictions when it comes to Welsh players um signing for Fulham and their and their abilities and so on. Um not mentioning any Sheffield United defenders that happened to uh, that were linked with us last season. Um but the fact that we actually got off to a good start with Harry Wilson on his debut and I was just so over the moon that Right, I could act right. I might actually have got this one right, um, but I don't want to get too overexcited. As I said in the chat, you know, what was what was Pavel Progrebniak? He got five goals in his first three games, and they did absolutely nothing. So I'm not going to be, I'm not going to say he's the next coming of Bowmorton and Steam Albronk, but it was certainly a, it was certainly a brilliant moment to be in to be in the end that he scored it. One, it was just fantastic. Yeah, and you're right. He did really well to create the space for himself as well. He made that goal for himself. Uh, maybe the defender whose legs it went through could have done a bit better, but not taking any, anything away from Harry Wilson. You know, having uh, a midfielder shooting from the middle of the penalty area from outside the box and sticking it in the bottom corner, perfect. So what what a good debut. And and actually, we're going, let's, let's bring you in here as well. How did you think Harry Wilson did overall? I, I thought he looked outstanding. Um, I Yeah, I mean, we'll come on to Man of the Match later on, um, but he was definitely in with a shout for me. Yeah, he was always looking to get on the ball, wasn't he? He was always there creating, even making a run, you know, finding Teddy on the overlap, as I mentioned earlier, linking up with Onoma really well as well. And as you say, cutting into the box and having a shot, that's all we want to see. We just want to see attacking, attacking football. You know, we've not seen it for two years now and it started to really get on my nerves. So to bring in this new winger, you know, £12 million, you think it's a big price tag, but we know he can do it in this league. Give him the platform to do it. I think, you know, give it a couple of games, him to cl- properly click in with the team. Um, it'll be unstoppable. It will be absolutely crucial for us this season. And if he can put in some performances like that over the next few games, we'll be up there from the start. Playing just behind the the attackers was Fabio Carvalho, who came into the side towards the end of last season and put in some impressive performances in the Premier League. But I felt like he might have been a little bit unlucky just just after the break when there seemed to be a clear push on him when he burst into the penalty area. The referee waved away the appeals, but I haven't seen it again at the time. I don't know whether, again, it was a rose-tinted specs moment, but it felt like a penalty at the time. Baldo, I mean, you were up the other end. I don't know if you've seen it again, but what what was your view from where you were sat? From my from my end, which was which was literally right at the back of the putty end, so I couldn't be I couldn't be further away if I asked for it. 
I did immediately when it happened. I did immediately look to the referee because I'm thinking, right, he's got to go. He's got to give this. Um, I did think it was one of those. Again, I, again, I'm not. Again, I'm not 100 percent sure. I haven't had a chance to see the replay, but it certainly looked it from my angle. And I'm not going to. And I'm not going to be. This isn't going to be me on my high horse and anything. But I'm asking this as a genuine question: Would that have been something that VAR possibly would have overturned from last season? Again, I'm not. Again, for all I know, it might not have. I'm saying everyone saying, "Oh, VAR, I'm glad we got rid of it." It really could have come in useful at that point. I am just saying. And my only question was whether or not it was in inside the box where the uh, where the first offence took place. If there was an offence, but Wigo, you must have been quite well in line with that from where you're sat in the in the Johnny Ains. What, what, what was your view? Yeah, I was sort of right in line with the uh, edge of the box, so I had a perfect view of it. And obviously, you jump up and you appeal for it and everything, yeah. but. You know, I was as you say about the rose tinted glasses, I was probably being a little bit biased there. It might have been a little bit soft. But you never know with this referee. I think he had an absolute shocker, to be honest with you today. So you know, yeah, as I say, could be being a bit biased by appealing for it, but who knows? That that's our prerogative as fans though. And Baldo, I wouldn't have expected anything less than for you to say it's a stonewall penalty from a mile away up at the back of the Putley end. Perfect for you to make a, a very reasoned judgment. <laughs> um, there were flashes of quality in the second half, but didn't really felt like we showed enough going forward. Um, the best chance was created through great work from Onomar and Tesse. Wigo, you've already spoken about how well they worked together, but they were kind of biding their time right in front of where you were sat, I suppose. Then all of a sudden they created a bit of space. Um, and then there was a cross that came in, which Cabano headed straight at the goalkeeper. What did you think of our attempt to try and kill the game off, though? That that was where we were lacking for me today. We got ourselves ahead, but then we just didn't go for the jugular. Yeah, it was very sort of blunt, wasn't it? You know, we had 16 shots on goal today and three of them on target. So, you know, great to have as many shots, but you need to start putting them away. I was right in line with that Cabano header as well. You know, you see that cross coming. I see Mitrovic right behind him, and you think if you want that cross to land on anyone's head, it's Alexander Mitrovic. And I thought he's just taken it off him and headed it straight at the keeper. But, you know, Cabano had the run, he had the jump, but it's just got to go in the corners, isn't it? Unfortunately. Yeah. Just needed, just need to glide it home um, just to try and sort of kill the game off. But yeah, we were very, very blunt, really. No, no sort of massive chances created. You know, few deflections, wide headers, everything. It was just, you know. It was our own fault we didn't kill the game off, really, and we let Borough back into it. And, you know, unfortunately, only come away with a point. Well, you mentioned Alexander Mitrovic there. Let's spend a bit of time talking about him because he's not played much football in the last year or so, really, for one reason or another. Um, There was a header that he had, a chance after 70 minutes when Cabano put the ball in. Um, I think it was quite a tough ask for him to stick that one in the back of the net because he was way behind the defender and he managed to just almost arch his neck around the, the defender's back and get his head on it and put it wide. Baldo, what were your thoughts on Mitro overall today? I think Mitrovic did okay. Not great, but not bad, but not okay. Like in, in a player rating, we get to the silver like red. Like he, he gets a six. He did probably yeah. all you could really ask him to do. I think there is still that element of he's not quite getting not quite getting the service that we you know, demanded of him and we and we expect the rest of the team to give him like in the last promotion season. It's still not quite there. And that's one of my things when it comes to 
the the use of the wingers like Wilson and Cabano are mainly for most of the game. Again, they did drift in and out, but for most of the game were on the opposite side. So they didn't really have a chance to, you know, whip in an early cross because it was on their weaker foot. I think that's really something that we need to look at going forward is getting Wilson and Cabano or whoever the winger is onto their correct foot so they can whip in balls, you know, early or, or even from the bylines just to give Mitro lots of chances in the air. Cause he, he had a couple of them and he showed that when you get it to him, there, are, there is the opportunity for him to score, but he just needs, yeah, he just needs a lot more of, he just needs a lot more of those chances and we weren't, and we weren't giving it to him. So I got, I don't want to totally blame Mitch Vitrus. I think part of it is one, you know, on the service he was given, which wasn't totally great, but I think once he gets up to match sharpness and match fitness properly level, um, and and maybe when he has you know a forward coming in, there's all this talk about Moonies and what have you to give him that little you know competitive edge, someone to fight for his position. Maybe that'll kick him into gear. So I'm not going to get too slanderous of him yet. I think there is still more to come from him. Well, I I think he'll play his way into form anyway. In all honesty, I think now that we're a more attacking minded team, then there's going to be opportunities for him. And once he gets that goal, he's going to get. I'll make the prediction now, over 20 goals this season in, in the Championship. Easy. No problem whatsoever. I think there were a couple of moments today when the, the Fulham fans in the Hammersmith end were singing his name and he turned around and waved and clapped. And I think he thrives off that uh, that adulation as well, you know. And I just I, I don't see it being long before he before he gets back in amongst the goals. We go, what were your thoughts on Mitro? Um, you know, I... As you say, he's not really had the game time over last season, has he? You know, it's um, been tricky for him. It's been a hard sort of 12 months for him to come back into the side. And now the problem is, is we go into it with high expectations, considering he was the top goal scorer last time with 26 goals. I just don't want us to become overly reliant on him and put all that pressure on him. You know, the goals need to come from elsewhere in the team as well. Like Wilson today got a goal. He needs his goals from the wingers, the centre midfielders. Don't want to put the burden on him because then you become ex- expect- expectant of him to sort of bring that sort of tally back every season. Um, but yeah, he played all right, not great, not badly. Um, the, I thought the Borough defenders did really well to sort of keep him quiet in terms of sort of getting near the goal. He did manage to play a few good link-up passes and uh, make some runs forward. But yeah, the defenders, credit to them, kept him quiet. Uh, with the crosses coming in the box. So fair play to them. Okay. And then right after Marco Silva decided to make his first substitution when Niskins Cabano was replaced by Bobby Reed, Middlesbrough equalised 13 minutes to go. Kind of felt it coming because, you know, it's smash and grab at its best, wasn't it? There wasn't really any opportunity for Middlesbrough to to score as as the game as the game was going on and then all of a sudden the ball's in the back of the net and having seen it again I thought that Fabio Carvalho was at fault for not tracking his man back he just he didn't look over his shoulder and he was the closest player he should have gone with him Baldo what were your thoughts Yes, yeah, smash and grab. You you summed it up perfectly because I remember you know in the sort of five to ten minutes before the goal went in, our, our colleague Matt Dom put in the put in the group chat. You know we need another one here, and I was thinking to myself, do we really? Because yes, it's only a one 0 lead, and you would always like to be you know the more goals possible. But I didn't think Middlesbrough were any sort of threat. Like the only time I was ever properly concerned was uh, the free kick they had on the their left hand. 
um, on their right-hand side, sorry, the left as I was looking from the Putney end, the free kick just before Harry Wilson uh, went down with a head injury with a clash of heads. Like, up until that point, I never thought, like, we were under siege or we thought, oh, we, you know, we, they're, they're getting close, they're going to score here. So, yeah, it was a bit of a shock to the system. And I remember saying to you um, in the pub beforehand that at some point during the game, we're going to get a moment of, right, this championship lark isn't going to be as easy as 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 we as we imagined it. It's going to be a tough, and that's what you get with with a Neil Warnock side. Yeah, you know, you've always got to be you've always got to be on your toes. You know, a bit of a, a scrappy goal, as it were, for uh, to concede. I think there was just a, there were a couple of errors. Yeah, as you say, Carvalho not tr- tracking his man back. I think the defenders could have done a better job closing the man down, and he was left somewhat all alone um, on the right hand side. It was there was there were there were errors as I think I said this many times last season. There were errors all round. I think for for everyone, I don't want to put it on any one particular player. And right after that goal, just when you kind of wanted Fulham to react, it was Middlesbrough that were in the ascendancy and we almost played into their hands and we played into Neil Warnock's hands as well because we kept on giving away stupid free kicks in stupid positions that were allowing Middlesbrough to whip the ball and like float the ball into our penalty area. And that's just the sort of football that Neil Warnock plays. You know, we play out from the back. Every time the Middlesbrough keeper gets the ball, he sends it up into orbit. Um, towards their big man up front. And that's exactly what you don't want to be doing when you've just conceded a goal with 10 minutes to, to go because chances are someone's going to get a flick on and it could easily just go anywhere and end up in the back of back of the net. So I think that's something that we need to need to watch out for as well. Um, Wigo, I want to come to you and just ask you about Marco Silva's subs in his first game. Um, so we had that one where Cabano went off for Bobby Reid. Then there was Tyrese Francois going off for even Caballero. And then Abubakar Kamara came on for Fabio Carvalho as well in the last 10 minutes. How do you rate his substitutions? Well, I suppose he went for it, didn't he? You know, Bobby Reid coming on before Middlesbrough equalised showed that he wasn't taking off an attacking player for a defender, which, uh, unlike his predecessor, uh, who would have brought on probably three defenders and just sat back and held on. Maxime Lamarchand. (laughs) Exactly. Lamarchand, Christie, all of them would have been coming on. Um, but yeah, I mean, fair play. Obviously, you brought on Kamara Cavalero as well, as you said. They're attacking players. All right, they might not be the best attacking players, but give them a moment of, you know, they can offer that little moment of quality, believe it or not. You know, we can get some decent... I know Kamara can put in a decent cross for Mitrovic uh, when he wants to. But, he, you know, put on the attackers, go for it, and see if we can try and either see the game out and then when they equalise, try and get a winner and hopefully come away with three points. But... uh wasn't to be, unfortunately. How about you, Baldo? What did you make of the substitutions? Yeah, Refreshing. I thought the sub. Yeah, I thought the substitutions were were fine. You know, it showed that you know rather than sitting back on the one nil, we wanted to go um, try and get a second. Obviously, the bad timing of it, you know, or with the with the first substitution, you know, does that completely throw whatever game plan he had right out the window because we conceded right after but they were the right substitutions they were the right intent there was the right intent behind them so i can't really i can't really fault him for that you know after you know, as i hinted earlier after the years the years we've had with scott parker and the uber defensive football to finally have a manager that's going to say right let's let's kick on let's actually try something here um was pretty good and you know as as we said you know these these players whilst they're not 
the greatest quality. They do have they do have their moments. Like right at the end, Abubakar Kamara gave us the 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 perfect Abubakar Kamara moment. He made a great breaking run, brilliant, you know, burst the pace forward, and then he just let himself down with the part. I know there's been some like would could Mitrovic have done better with the pass or whatever, but that's exactly what Kamara what Kamara brings you. He's not perfect, but he does give you that little bit that little bit of spark. So I would have liked to have seen him come on a little bit earlier. But other than that, I can't really fault the as I said, the intent behind the subs. I know you guys have said that um sorry, I'm changing the subject. I know you guys have said that you haven't seen the highlights yet, but I've just I've just got Sky Sports News on in front of me and they do, they're just playing the highlights of the game now and that yellow card for Mitrovic in the first couple of minutes doesn't look great on on Mitrovic's behalf. He's just gone storming straight through a player um, and completely missed the ball. I don't know, it was a, it was a yellow card, but bloody hell. It, it reminds me a little bit of, um, do you remember when we played Leeds away last season? And um, I think he got, did he get banned? But he didn't, it didn't get picked up but, um, at the time, but he got, he got a retrospective ban, didn't he, I think? Am I making that up? No, it did. I can't remember if it was the first game. It was early in the champ in the Premier League season, or if it was the games back in the Championship season. I know, oh, I know what you're yeah, talking you're about. Right. I, can't, I can't remember which one it was. You're though. right. It, it would have been. It would have been um, the one in the Championship season. Yeah, when we when we went back. I think you're right. It wasn't the Premier League, but yeah, it reminded me of that. Anyway, sorry, I completely digress. Um, all right, let's come on to a man of the match for this one. Then I'm um, I'm going to go for Tim Ream, and he's a player that we should probably talk about really briefly because. Back in the side, captain's armband, back in the championship, but I thought he was outstanding. His positional play was outstanding. It, you know, he, he covered a lot for Ad- uh, for Adarabaya, for Tosin, who I don't think was fantastic today by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and his distribution was pretty good as well. What did you guys make of Tim Ream? He's my man of the match. I think we have to make sure that we we quantify Tim Ream with his full title for now on, which is friend of the show, Tim Ream. After oh, course, yeah. the but he's, he's always from here until from here until dead, effectively. He's friend of the show, Tim Ream. Um, and, but yeah, Andy, thought... and Andy retweeted that picture that I took of uh, that bloke with the girls with the homemade shirts as well. Trying to he did, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, definitely. Friend of the show. Yeah, de- friend of the show, Tim Ream. I think did I think did pretty well. You know, I've I've always had my sort of. And I think a couple of fans have had this sort of hesitancy with, you know, basically perceived by what happens when they make the step up to the Premier League. And Tim Ream probably isn't a Premier League defender. And I know even said, you know, I think I think Tim Ream will be okay for the one game in five that he's asked to play. You know, whenever there's someone's injured or suspended or we we have a cup game coming up, so we gotta rotate him. I think he'll be okay with that. But he's shown that in the championship, he probably can be, you know. It is probably one of his last seasons, but I think he can be a full season championship defender. So I, I think credit, I think credit to Tim Ream there. When it comes to my man of the match, I've got to, I've got to say Fabio Carvalho personally. And this is, this isn't just coming from the fact that I've been on the hype train, you know, for uh, months now. It is the fact that you know his first game in the championship against against a Neil Warnock side, and we know how difficult and as you say physical Neil Warnock sides can be the fact that he managed to hold his own in the game you know create some good chances made some good runs um almost scored but couldn't keep his shot down in the in the second half caused them some problems I think for for a young lad to be able to pull that off on your on your first start in the championship I thought he did incredibly well yeah it's a tricky one there was a few uh contenders for man of the match for me really Ream obviously 
come in fantastic at the age of, I think he's 33 now, isn't he, or something. So to come in and put in a decent performance like that was uh, fantastic. But I will probably go for Josh Onema for sort of the reasons that I said earlier. So, you know, the creativity that he had, he was always linking up. The way he sort of managed to sort of carry Francois through the game a little bit, um, you know, Francois making his first start, it was always going to be tricky. And Fronema to come back in after not really playing much last season, to come in and put a performance in like that, I thought was absolutely fantastic. And he's really staked his claim to be a regular. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Onoma, uh, a big favourite of mine today. I'm surprised neither of you went for Harry Wilson, but notable shout out to Harry Wilson, absolutely, for a fantastic debut, goal-scoring debut. Um, all right, well, let's come on to a Marco Silva rating then. Um, I think I'm probably just going to go... I'm going to go a seven. It's, you know, it's annoying that we didn't win the game, but I, I didn't expect us to come flying out the traps today. Um, I, I hoped we'd win the game, but it doesn't shock me that we haven't. So a point isn't the end of the world. You know, this time two years ago, we lost at Barnsley on the opening game and there was no harm done there. So a, a point at home to Middlesbrough on the opening day is certainly not the end of the world. So encouraging signs, seven out of 10 for me for Marco. I would also probably go with a seven, to be honest, Matt. I think that's kind of a fair rating. The subs were attacking, you know, he did go for it. There's only so much you can do from the sidelines as well. You know, if your team aren't putting the ball in the back of the net, what else can you do? You've had 16 shots on goal. You've got forward, you've got the ball in the box, but it's just not gone in the back of the net. So, yeah, the subs, as I say, attacking, refreshing, um, good to see. And I'm looking forward to sort of what he does next and how he sort of changes it up, really. But brilliant attacking football. So, yeah, I'll go with seven as well, I think, just to kind of join you on that one. Yeah, I can't. I'll, I'll go for a seven. I may even sort of verge on an eight because, again, I can't really fault anything he did. Like the lineup again, going back to what I said earlier, could be somewhat um, constricted by ins and outs and injuries that he was doing. But the lineup itself was fine. Again, the in the substitutions he made during the game again were far were you know were fine. They were the right idea, and as we said, you know, there's only so much he can control when you have 16 shots on target, uh, not on target, but 16 shots in total like that. Sometimes you do have to put it down to the players just can execute on the day, whether that be down to you know fatigue, that's you know, early season. Things will click as we go through. You can't really take that away from from Marco Silva, as it were. So I think for the most, yeah, so an eight would probably would probably be mine because I don't think he put much of a foot wrong today. Good stuff. Well, it's good to be back. Thanks for joining me, lads. I hope you all enjoyed the game, regardless to the fact that it wasn't quite the result we hoped for. Thanks for listening, as ever. We'll be back on Thursday with your Huddersfield preview. So speak to you then. Have a great week. Cheers. Fulham.